Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah Shan. Joining me today is Victor Ariza of Striker, Texas. He covers the Houston Dynamo as well as uh, really the whole Houston soccer scene. Welcome to the show, Victor. Yeah, Jeremiah, thank you for the invitation. Uh, always glad to uh, share our coverage here of, uh, of the Houston area on strikertexas.com. Obviously, we, we cover it day to day. But yeah, any questions you have about the team, glad to uh, be on here and answer them. Yeah, I, I had Chris on a while back talking about Austin FC. I think Striker Texas is a pretty exciting project. And I always like to shed light on independent uh, media, especially a pro- like as a, a, a project that is as uh, ambitious, I think we can say, as Striker Texas. I think I, I would love to see this model expanded throughout uh, the, the MLS landscape. So any attention I can bring to you guys, I'm happy to do. No, we appreciate it. And, and obviously, I think uh, – uh, trying to start with the Texas uh, area and, and, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully others follow suit. But I think um, now that stuff is opening up a little bit more, right, more locker room access, it's, uh, yeah. it's definitely going to help us uh, on these uh, road trips, get some more information out there. Absolutely. So you have been following this team for several years, for certainly enough time to have some context for what's going on there right now. You look at their record, you know, four, 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 three, something. Is that, is that right? Four, four, three. Uh, and, <laughs> and, but like you're, formation. In, yeah. yeah. In, in playoff position, but not so different from the start last year, but this feels different in, in other ways. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, they, there, there is a, a different vibe, a different aura, whatever you want to call it around this team. A lot of it has to do with, Last June, a new owner, right? Uh, it's something that the Dynamo fan base has been asking for. Ted Siegel has uh, purchased his team uh, the majority stake. He's been very vocal uh, out front. He's talked about the changes he's been wanting to make, and, and he's followed some of those changes uh, with actions, right? Uh, from the moment he took over, um, Tim Parker re-signed to, to a long-term deal. Uh, the purchase of Teenage Hadebe, who's uh, one of the, de- the designated players, and obviously, one of their three top players. Now, these salaries have come out recently here. Um, for the Dynamo, has been talk, talking about, uh, again, something the fan base has been wanting to see, more money, more investment into the team. Uh, they're higher up in, in, the, uh, in the rankings, right, the recent salary rankings. And, and they're only going to go higher because once Sector Herrera uh, joins here this summer, uh, that's, that's going to push them upwards a little bit. So these are the kind of changes that are, that are happening. It's, it's not just the owner, right? It's putting the right people in place, bringing back um, uh, a team legend like Pat Onstad now as the, the general manager of the team, right? A different face in, in, in that um, 
side of things because it's it's not like Seattle, right, that gets to vote on if Garth Lagerway gets to stay. Uh, Houston fans have, have been trying to be vocal for years about what they've thought about the, the position. Uh, well, now they have somebody that heard them, right? There was a change made there. Uh, and Onset has had to support. Now he wanted a new a new head coach. Paulo Nagamura is here. And so, so yeah, you got three key spots uh, fresh here for the Houston Dynamo and the results have, have followed. But I think, yeah, it, it, it really it's the, the, the change in culture that is felt around around the club. So we'll get into the specifics of how this team is playing right now, but I, I did want to focus in on, on some of these bigger picture things. You know, you have Hector Herrera coming in, Ache Ache, for, as a lot of people may know him from the Mexican national team. How big of a signing is that? Has there ever, I mean, there, I, I, I'm always unsure if bringing in Mexican national team players is uh, if it's focused on the field or if it's focused on bringing in uh, Latino fans or or what is going on in this particular case? He, I mean, he's obviously coming from a very high level. He's been at Atletico Madrid. What's right. your expectation for him? What's your expectation for a statement of purpose of a signing like that? Yeah, it's a big statement. Um, for years, uh, and this goes back all the way to the Robertson days, fans have asked for a Mexican star. Um, you know, it, it didn't happen, right? Maybe with, with a guy like Cuauhtémoc Blanco that, that, you know, fans were surprised that, you know, he ended up at Chicago Fire and it's like, well, why, why didn't Houston inquire? And, and, and you know, there's some, there's some rumors about how he could have ended up in Houston before that, actually. Um, and we saw the impact that he had in the league. I think over the years, there's, there's been that wish uh, to have that Mexican star, obviously with, with guys like Dajo Marquez coming to the Red Bulls and, um, and so on. Now we have Chicharito and Vela in the league, and we've seen their their impact marketing wise. Uh, that's part of it. Uh, part of having you know, one of their own, right? Mexico um, it, or the Mexican market is, is huge here in Houston, right? It's a, it's a very multicultural city, but but certainly the biggest one is is the Mexican fans, and, and just wanting to see um, somebody from the Mexican national team. I mean, I, I don't think for a city as large as Houston. It was too much to ask, and and obviously, no. it just just in the sense of having a national team star alone, right? I mean, even in the early days, uh, Brian Chang, Ricardo Clark, Stuart Holden, these were U.S. national team stars, right? That that the U.S. or or that Dynamo had, and 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 that tells you kind of the decline of the team throughout the last decade that there wasn't that type of caliber player uh, on the roster. Now that it's finally going back that way, maybe it's not. Um, a star in his prime as Herrera is obviously coming back from Europe, but it is a, it is a player that is going to, does bring a lot of talent is going to help is going to raise the standard here in Houston. And, and we'll see how it goes because I think uh, certainly at first, I, I do think that there will be uh, fans brought back to the stadium, right. To fill that place up. Uh, but we'll see if they can sustain it, if they follow it up with, with the right marketing strategy and, and so on and so forth. But I do think, uh, yeah, at least the intent is there, which is, which is what fans have been asking for for years. Does it feel like on the ground, does it feel like there's starting to become more of a buzz? It is always been surprising to me. Houston is one of the biggest cities in the country. It's one of the biggest cities right. in North America. It has this multicultural fan base. It seems like it would be primed for, uh, like I would imagine per capita, there are probably as high a number of, of soccer fans there as, as any MLS team. And yet the dynamo have been struggling to draw despite playing in a new stadium. Does it feel like, and I, I would imagine a lot of that is the mismanagement of the roster, the mismanagement that the team hasn't been as competitive or as exciting as they, as they could have been. 
Are you getting yeah. any sense that that's starting to change with this ownership and, and sort of with these signings and, and you know, some momentum? I building? think for people who have followed Dynamo, yes, because the interest is naturally there of, of, of you're a fan of the team. You just don't like what the team is doing. And that's why you're, you're not going to, you know, waste your time going to, to the stadium for a team that maybe doesn't, doesn't reciprocate that, that support that you show them. Right. Um, now with some of these signings, uh, some of those um, former season ticket holders, I think, are coming back. But yeah, I think uh, I think you hit it. I mean, it's it's and, and look, all you got to do is look at the international friendlies that took place in Houston. I mean, we are already scheduled Manchester City against against Club America from Mexico. I mean, and and there's more of these uh, international friendlies that that will surely follow. The, the Manchester Derby was here a couple of years ago. Uh, Bayern Munich against Real Madrid. Um, those games have never had problems filling up. Anytime the Mexican national team comes to town, um, you know, other national teams like, like in Salvador, um, Argentina, Colombia, I mean, it, it's a soccer city. Uh, the MLS team doesn't reflect that. And that's been the problem with, with the team, right? Uh, and, and people see the empty seats on, on TV and they think, well, you know, there's people in Houston don't like going to the, going to watch soccer or, or, you know, there's all these conclusions, right? They're right. drawn, that they're just not true. Um, every weekend, I mean, there's fields all around Houston filled with, with, with soccer fans. I mean, games going on in all, all hours of the day and night, right? Uh, indoor, outdoor, whatever, you you know, it, because there, it is a soccer city, but it's not reflected in, in, in the soccer market. And I think Herrera will, will draw the interest of that kind of crowd, right? These, these kinds of stars, that, that's why maybe the Dynamo fan base has been wanting, has been asking for that to try to bring the rest of that crowd. Um, and, and we'll see if they can convince them. I think that's the key, but, but you need these kinds of stars to start, start pulling that crowd in. So this team is off to a good start. Uh, Paulo Nagamura seems to have them going in the right direction. Uh, they started really well. Uh, and then before they hit a, a little bit of a lull, but then they got back on the, the winning ways against Nashville uh, what do you make of this team? How would you describe the way that Nagamura has this this squad set up? Yeah, I think um, like any team with a new coach, there there's been there's been some road bumps, right? I, I do think that the results maybe do cover up a little bit of that, um, but it is a team that is that that is starting to come around, right? Um, certainly, when when the season started, I think Nagamura went a little bit more defensive. Um, and in recent games, I think maybe 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 too much too defensive, right? Inviting teams in uh, that I think led to some of these uh, uh, recent losses against uh, Haydn by the fact that there were rivalry games, right? FC Dallas, Austin FC, um, they were uh, you know scored a straw at home against Portland, um, you know a loss at DC United on the road. Uh, that, that was a four match. Uh, non-winning streak right that then kind of gets broken here a little bit with you know the open cup win against san antonio now they they have nashville who was also coming up uh, an emotional open cup win right they went to extra time and that might have helped them a little bit um but they picked up an important three points against nashville it wasn't uh it wasn't an accessible game i think and even despite the red card that they had uh they were able to see it through because uh nashville did re- um, rest some of the guys like Hany mukhtar walker Zimmerman. And, and they're a little bit lucky here that they get Seattle on, on midweek uh, action uh, because I think otherwise uh, Seattle has proven they can come down to Houston and win. Um, but this is a team that, that does like to, that does have uh, some guys that have pride, right? Darwin Quintero, Carrasquilla, um, 
guys that live up to the moment, uh, and and that's evident. Like just last year, right? Some probably their statement win last year was against Seattle, uh, here in Houston, where Quintero, uh, you know, scored one of the best goals of the year, and and they they handled Seattle. Uh, pretty well and and everybody thought maybe that was going to be the moment that they started to turn it around it was too little too late because I think it's just right after that game they get mathematically eliminated uh the following day by other results uh from that playoff race from making that that comeback but um this is a team that has element to 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 compete with some of these uh, teams and um well I think Nagamura is starting to tap into that a little bit but I do think there is there is some work that still needs to be done you know, focusing a little bit on Darwin Quintero, uh, he scored, like you said, one of the great goals of the season last year uh, against the Sounders. Uh, I, if you don't remember it, I would urge you to go back and watch that goal. It was a sort of hard to believe goal that uh, I would think if it had happened from any other team, you may have never, you'd still be hearing about it all the time. Uh, but for whatever reason, it was Houston and and people seem to have for, forgotten about it a little bit. But What's you know he's clear. I, I bring that up because clearly he's capable of doing the kind of stuff that he has been known for throughout his career. He's still a very capable player, and yet he seems to struggle to stay in the lineup. Why is that? And has Nagamura started to tap into what gets him motivated? Yeah, I think uh, part of that is his age, right? Um, he's he's what he's thirty four now. He's not the spring chicken. He was when he was terrorizing uh, defenses down in, in Mexico, but but there is some quality there left, right? There is gas left in the tank. It's just how do you use him appropriately? How do you manage maybe some of his minutes? Um, and I do think the style down here, the climate is just uh, it's it's perfect for what he plays. It's just maybe just not asking him to defend, right? At this stage of his career, um, you know, letting him be kind of the guy who pulls the string a little bit, sets you up. He has some great passes. He, you know, he has some tricks and flicks, right? He has, he has a a great soccer mind. If you know, he reads the game well. You know, inside, inside the pitch, he he sets up players around him. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, there was a situation here, that, you know, with the prior coach in in, in Tab Ramos. And I think that, that to me, that to me is what did Ramos in during, uh, you know, in his coaching tenure here. He, you know, the season last year where. The first season with Quintero, Quintero was the highest uh, goal scorer, highest assist man for the Dynamo, right? But that was the COVID year 2020. Um, and then it seems like the, from from what we heard, it was fitness issues with Darwin Quintero. That's why he wasn't playing. You could see he was playing himself into shape as the year went on. Um, but I, I think he's, he's still a guy. He has too many valuable skills to be left on the bench, right? And I think as you saw that later on in the year, um, it, it proved itself, right? Uh, again, we talked about that statement win against Seattle. And a lot of your listeners probably saw that game and and thought, well, why hasn't this guy been been performing better, right? right? And 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 in this year now, um, I do think that's one of the keys to to Nagamura uh, and and winning over the locker room, right? Because that's that's part of the of managing the locker room is is having the respect of the rest of the players. When you see when you see the coach, uh, y- you know opting for a guy like Quintero, a, a guy who maybe does have a little bit of respect to the locker room down here, uh, the rest of the, the rest of the roster does respond to that. Um, I do think that in the beginning, there was a bit of approach. If, if he didn't start the season, right? Uh, he did start the season off the bench, right? In a game against uh, Salt Lake. Uh, maybe Nagamura tried some of that, uh, but I think he quickly, he quickly found out there, there's just, there's no way around it. This guy has to play. He has to be on the field. 
whether he comes off the bench and he's the guy that that solves the game for you or or he starts and he only goes 60 minutes but but this guy's too valuable to leave on off the bench um again we talked about the the salaries recently coming out maybe that was part of the problem last year he was earning over a million dollars and maybe maybe the motivation there wasn't he didn't have the motivation to play i i, I don't know i can't tell you because we, we wasn't inside the locker room there right but i do think maybe that's a situation that didn't help the the, the prior coach in, in Tab ramos right um and and he didn't have the backing of the club to you know maybe if you if you decided to uh to move him on or something i mean it, it I mean it just it was a situation that was there on lingering right uh and in this sense that that might be a, a thing that that helps nagamora the fact that quintero uh is at half the price essentially uh maybe need has a it's a season that needs to prove himself to stay here in houston and, and these are all key factors that that go into that but i do think uh certainly playing him is a is a way to be on the on the good side of quintero and that's what helped out Nagamura and you see some of these results uh, he's he's a top scorer for the team um but I think he's obviously their their best creator and and he's only gonna his job's only gonna get easier when he when Hector Herrera is here to help him defend a little more absolutely so even though the injury report just came out today there were no names that appeared on the injury report for Houston but it sounds like you're going to be missing a few uh potential starters uh teenage Adebe is is out with yellow card accumulation. Yeah, he has yellow card accumulation, so he won't be he won't be there. That's a that's a key loss because he's uh he's obviously been one of the key center backs. Um, also, Adam Lundqvist, uh, who got red card this last game, I think they tried to appeal it. That there's no response that it was going to be overturned. And uh, and there you go. So you have two key defenders now in in that back four. But you've had guys that have that have played there uh, here and there, right? Um, Crazy enough, Houston has been rotating uh, their central defenders at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, so, so they have a little bit of experience with that. Um, not listed on the injury report is Daniel Starris, but I wonder um, if he's actually going to be back because he he's still coming off an injury. So it'll be interesting to see him there. I, I would say Ethan Bartlow and, and Tim Parker. Uh, Sam Junko is uh, going to be the, the left back. So... Uh, it, it's not it's not too much of a of a drop I think for Houston it, the Bartlow has come in and, and done well I think the key is in in midfield right the, the and especially depending on on who Seattle brings and if they bring uh, the whole artillery there with Rui Diaz and and, and Lodero and Morris and, and and at what time of the game uh, these guys play um, Matias Vera has been has been one of the uh, the guys that hasn't played for for personal reasons I think uh, he was left out of this last. Uh, this last match, I think he's back in town, but you know it's going to be a game time decision. But he's a he's a midfielder that that could be key. Carrasquilla was able to manage a little bit of the midfield uh, against Nashville, but uh, I think again the Nashville half gas that didn't have their best players on the field for most uh, at least of the first half. Um, uh, Seattle's going to be a tougher test, and 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 I think that to me is the the curious thing to see with Houston is how do they fare against uh, a team like Seattle. Yeah, one of the things that always seems to factor into these games in Houston, no matter what time of year, is the weather. Do we have any uh, any any wild uh, weather patterns we need to know about coming in for tomorrow? Uh, it's going to be hot still. Uh, of course. <laughs> can, uh, um, if we base it off today, I think we're we're at ninety. At, at, oh my uh, lord! Evenings like seventy nine. So I mean, so that'll be one th- one of the things that obviously like helps Houston, right? I mean, it's. Um, it is it, not 90 still, in Seattle. It, I'll tell you. It'll still be hot and humid, <laughs> uh, so that should help. 
um, it doesn't necessarily cool down as as the night goes on. It's just uh, it's just so hot. Just the sun's not out. Um, so again, and Tierra, I think, uh, other than maybe recently, has before that usually the Pacific Northwest teams struggle when they come down here. Uh, I think because it's a long flight, because you know it's the climate. Um, in in these cases, it's a short trip, right? It's it's, it's a it's a short preparation. Um, so I think it, it should be advantage Houston and, and obviously uh, a big advantage is Sebastian Ferreira, their designated player, their, their goal scorer, um, who they still have trouble finding inside the box, uh, but is well rested, didn't play against Nashville because he, he went 90 in the Open Cup game and, and the way the, the Nashville game turned out and how they had to go defensive because of that red card, Ferreira didn't come off the bench. Um, so that'll be a key guy uh, that that will likely start and and will likely be looking to have a big game against Seattle. Anyone else Sounders fans should be uh, sort of keeping their eye on? Yeah, well, the, the main guys uh, we mentioned: Quintero, obviously Ferreira. Um, for as much as again, I, he's, he's, they've struggled to find him inside the box. Uh, Fafa Pico will be uh, maybe key with that. Uh, the other winger, we'll see who it is. Uh, I think. I think the best bet's going with this uh, Brazilian they just picked up, Thiago. He's he's been playing himself into shape as well, and and maybe not not a hundred percent at the fitness that that Houston would want him. But I think from the wingers that they have, he's the guy to watch. And and the three just recently played in that Open Cup game, um, so they're still getting adjusted to each other. But I think I think those would be if I had to pick the lineup, those would be the three guys that I would go with. Well, Victor, thank you so much for doing this. I think our listeners are going to be much, much better educated on Houston Dynamo than uh, they were at the start of this. So uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, if you want to follow Victor, he, Victor at Victor Ariza, A-R-A, A-R-A-I-Z-A. God, it was like yeah. a tongue twister for me. <laughs> uh, on Twitter. And then uh, he's also covering the Striker Texas, which, like I said, is a really fantastic project. They are uh, covering soccer as the whole of soccer in, in Texas, which is uh, pretty cool to see how many teams you guys got down. They got like 11 teams or something, right? Uh, For sure. The MLS teams we have, and then the, uh, the USL level right below. So I think that's another three teams because the Austin bolt pulled it last year, but, oh, okay. but it's uh, RGV San Antonio and El Paso. And then, and then uh, NWSL as well. Uh, right. We have great coverage there from, from Theo Lloyd Hughes and, and Laura Gomez. Uh, so the Houston Dash side of things is uh, it's well covered, and uh, any other stories that that pop up here or there, obviously with the uh, the MLS Next Pro teams and and stuff like that. So yeah, we we have some. Uh, we appreciate the shout out. We're obviously trying to 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 find other ways to to bring other stories that maybe um, uh, fans from outside the Texas borders would like to be interested in. I, I am trying to work on a piece here with. Uh, uh, I didn't get time for this week, but I'm I'm trying to work on a piece with Will Bruin, trying to dive into. Uh, what the change has been for him, because I think it's been a, a a helpful change from where he was down here in Houston. I think he kind of he kind of plateaued a little bit. Part of it is where the team was. Uh, goes to Seattle, right? Uh, has to to challenge himself a little more because of, of of the fan pressure. Now, obviously, part of this historic Concacaf Champions League team, and uh, yeah, I'd like to dive uh, in with him into a little bit of what the change was and. And, uh, and yeah, how life fits in Seattle. I think that'll be a good one if we can get a, a well, that would, here yeah. in the coming weeks. Yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be a good one. We'll definitely be looking for. We're big fans of Will Bruin on the show. Uh, he and I actually sometimes do a podcast together. Uh, and uh, 
So definitely look forward to doing that or reading that. So hopefully that, that comes together and, and hopefully Will is uh, helpful in making that happen. So I'll make I'll sure put a good word in for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people down here still love him, still remember him, and, and obviously uh, third all time in Dynamo Goals. So. Whoa, I did not know that. That's a good, that's a good pull. All right, well, Victor, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, again, he's Victor Ariza on Twitter. You can also read his stuff at the Striker Texas. I am Jeremiah Shan signing off for the Sounder Art Podcast, and we will catch you next time.